Good morning. Welcome. Welcome here. I'm Pastor David. For you that are new or visiting, one of the pastors on the pastor of Northside Madison campus and also on the teaching team. So it's good to be here this morning and uh, see you all um, here and smiling. It's great to see that. Thank you for being here. Uh, first, even before I um, dig into anything, I want to say thank you um, for your prayers and for your calls and support uh, for the passing of my mother-in-law. Um, thank you so much for your calls and your prayers. We truly have felt your support. And on behalf of my wife and our family, we want to thank you um, for that. All right. So, uh, as you see, we are continuing in our um, series, Big Mistake, Lesson Learned. And this is actually the last um, episode of uh, this series. And I get to close it out. So, I'm going to do my best to close it out. We have learned so much um, over the uh, couple of months, um, big mistakes, which we have all come to agreement that we all make mistakes, right? But the important thing is that we learn from those mistakes. And so today we're going to be looking at a, a pretty popular story. Um, it's a very short story, but it's very popular. It has a, a, a really powerful um, impact on, on the lives of Christians. And this is going to be about Lot's wife, all right? Um, also known to me as Mrs. Lot, because she didn't have like a name really, and you know she was only mentioned a couple times in the Bible. So we're going to refer to her. I'll go back and forth saying Lot's wife, or I'll say Mrs. Lot. All right. And so we're going to look at um, the story of uh, Mrs. Lot and uh, what we learn from that as Christians. Okay. So the title of my message is "Don't Look Back." Okay, don't look back. Uh, it was commanded. You know, the angels told her, don't look back. And, of course, we know Lot's wife, she, she looked back and she turned into a pillar of salt. So the sort of the tag to my message, don't look back, is disobedience will leave you feeling salty. Okay? <laughs> Catch that? Yeah. Disobedience will leave you feeling salty. Right. That's a that's a, uh, an urban dictionary means agitated, um, you know, fussy, upset, you know, kind of uh, disappointed. Uh, you know, and, and Mrs. Lott, she was she was upset. And we'll, we'll kind of dig into it a little bit. Um, but, she, you know, when we disobey, it can leave us feeling salty. So if you can grab your Bibles, um, your iPhones, iPads, iPods or your eyeglasses, please grab those. If you don't have any of those things, um, the scriptures will be on the screen. You can, you can see that. Oh, I love that song, When Death Was Arrested and My Life Began. Wow. Think about that. When death was arrested, taken into custody, and my life began. What a great blessing. Thank to the worship team. Beautiful, just beautiful. Thank God for that. All right. You have um, Genesis chapter 19. Did I fail to tell you that? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, what's taking you so long? Duh, Genesis, the first book, 19 comes after 18 before 20. Okay, Genesis 19. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> I guess I got right into my little tagline there, huh? All right, we're, going to, um, we're not going to read all the scriptures. We're going to focus on a couple of the scriptures there. But just to give you a little, little, little background here um, and where we're going here. Um, Abram, Abraham, 
father of the nations. We are Abraham's seed, blessed by Abraham through Abraham. Abraham was, was, was commanded, told by God to leave his home. Um, in chapter 12, you go back there, he was told to leave his home, everything that he was comfortable with, his comfort, his family, all of that, um, you know, not his immediate family, but to leave his, the comforts of his, his life and to go to a land that God would show him. And so Abram took um, his wife, uh, he took his, his nephew Lot with him, and they traveled to Canaan. Um, they ran into some um, famine in Canaan and went down to Egypt. And where Abraham and Lot both um, had began to prosper. Lot had began to prosper, was gaining wealth, gaining many cattle, so that the land that they were dwelling in was not able to accommodate both of them because they had prospered so much that they couldn't stay in the same land. So they decided to part ways to go. Abraham went his way, Lot went his way. So Lot went and, and, and established himself in the plains, in one of the cities in the plain um, called Gomorrah. And, you know, this, this Sodom and Gomorrah, you know the story. And um, Prosper had a lot going for him, but the city was evil. It was an evil city. It had much sin going on. So God told, to Ab- told Abraham that he was going to destroy that city. And Abraham, pleading and interceding for his nephew and for the people, um, prayed and asked God, said, well, God, would you spare the city if we could find 50 righteous? Would you spare the city? God said, I will spare the city if there are 50 righteous there found. Abraham pushed it. He said, let's minus five. Would you spare the city if we found 45 righteous? God, again, I will spare the city if there is 45 He kept going. Okay, God, would you spare the city with 30? God said, I will. I'd spare the city for 30 righteous if 30 are found. All right, God, this is good. Would you spare the city if there were 20 found? Yes, I would. If there were 20, I would spare the city. Try one more time. God, would you spare it with 10? Yes, I would. I would spare the city if there were 10 righteous found. Well, there were none found. God said, I'm going to destroy the city. So he sent angels to prepare them and to warn them that the city would be destroyed and you must leave that city. So this is where we come in where Lot and his family are here in the city of Gomorrah. And the angel comes and Lot entertains the angels, meets the angels, and the angels are, are there to, to give the message. And Lot said, come on and stay with me overnight. Um, hospitality was important to them. So you come and stay with me. The angel says, no, we're going we're gonna to stay in the streets over the night. We're not going to, you know, you know put, bother you. And Lot insisted, no, come and stay at my house. Well, the angels gave in. They said, okay, we'll go stay at your house. So during the course of the night, some men, young and old, from the city came and they insisted that Lot would bring out those visitors that went in. He said, bring those men out so that we may know them, biblically know them. Okay, and for those who may not understand that, bring them out so that we might have sex with them. This is what the men were coming and they wanted to um, know the angels. And Lot said, I would not have that. These are my guests and I must take care of them. They are under my watch and I'm I'm not going to let anything happen to them. They insisted, bring them out. 
He said, listen, I have two daughters. They don't understand why he did this, but I have two daughters who have never known a man. I'll give them to you and you can do with them whatever you want to do with them. Bless life, forgive him. He gave, they said, no, we don't want them. We want those angels. And at that time, they were bombarding the house and the angels came out, pulled Lot back into safety, blinded the men so that they could not see what they were doing. The angel said, it is, it, is, it is very important that you get out of this city expeditiously, that you leave now. Now, Lot was taking his time, you know, kind of, you know, uh, lily gagging, just kind of, you know, you know, taking his time to leave. And God is saying, you got to get out of here. So the angels grabbed him and said, let's go. This is the warning that they gave. Verse 17 in Genesis 19. Verse 17, he says, it came to pass when they had brought them forth abroad that he said, escape for thy life. Look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. So he gave them the warning to get out, to leave, go to the plains, go to a city, um, in the, go to the mountains. And Lot didn't want to go to the mountains. He said, if I go to the mountains, I'll die. Let us go to one of the cities in the plain. So they went to Zor, one of the cities there in the plain. The angels allowed them, and God said, I will not destroy that city. But in the course of God getting them out, he gave them this instruction. Verse 26, but this, but his wife, God, well, God told him, don't look back. The angel told him, don't look back. Keep going. Don't look behind you, but keep going. And this is what happened. This is Mrs. Lot. But his wife looked back from behind him. And what happened? She became a pillar of salt. Lot's wife, Mrs. Lot, after God told them, go and don't look back. Lot's wife looked back. Now, she was behind Lot because it says she looked back behind him, which means she was not in front of him. She was not inside him. She was behind him. So Lot didn't even know she was looking back. He was escaping like the angel said. She was lily gagging, but she looked back because she had a life of pleasure in Gomorrah. She was a high society. She was rich. She had life like so many other women wanted. She had good friends. She had all of these things that she was leaving behind and she did not want to. She was agitated. She was disappointed and she was feeling very salty. She did not want to leave the life behind and God said, whenever I bring you out of something, don't ever look back because whatever is back there will do you no good. Now, there's a difference between re, um, reflecting on the past and dwelling on the past, okay? We reflect on the past because we, we want to learn from the past. We want to make sure we don't do the same thing, so we reflect on it. But when you dwell in the past, that means you are living in the past. I often talk about the 70s. I love the 70s. Anybody here else love the 70s? The 70s were good. So I reflect back a lot of times on the music was good. You know, uh, um, communities and neighborhoods and families were tight, were good. The 70s were good. I can only reflect. I can't live in the 70s. I can't dwell. I can't come in with a big afro and bell bottoms. <laughs> right? Walk around to my peace, man. You know. 
I can't dwell in the 70s. I can't go back there. I can reflect and say, oh, I wish things were like they used to be, but I can't live there. So Mrs. Lott saw the things that were going on, that were happening, that she was leaving behind, and she was disappointed. So she looked back, and immediately she became a pillar of salt. Now, I, growing up, I just never really understood this. I said, really? You know, she just became a, a piece of salt? You know, just, how can that happen? Why, would, why did God choose salt? I mean, I could just be rock. She, salt. So I was doing some research, and understanding that, and, and there is, a, we have a slide here that it shows the memorial of, uh, of Mrs. Lot here in, near the Jordan in Israel. Now, we went to Israel, we went to the Dead Sea, and the Dead Sea is, is, is just full with all kinds of salt. It's the saltiest sea. Nothing grows in, of course, it's dead. And um, you could feel all the smudge and everything on you when you get out. And it's the kind of sea that you can just, you just float. You just go like this and you just float in the water because there's so much salt. Um, and and they, tried, they tried to tell me, say, come on, Pastor David, just, just let go and, and, and float. I said, oh, no, I'm not doing that. I said, it would be just like me to be the one to sink. I said, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> You know, because oh, you, know, you all know the story. I, I'm, I'm not a swimmer person, you know. I have a fear of, of water, except for showering and stuff. But, you know, I said, no, I'm not going to let go. I'm going to keep my hand on the bottom because I'm not going to float. But I could feel my body. I could feel it wanting to float because there was so much salt. So it's not surprising um, that things around the Dead Sea, that salt would get on them and they would just, you know, be formations with, that, are, that are salty. So understanding that when God destroyed the city, he sent um, sulfur and, and, and brimstone and all of those things. So there was salt all over. And when she looked back, she looked back and she was stuck because all of the things, all of the salt and things from the brimstone and the sulfur was on her that she became stuck in her ways. This is what happens, people, when we become stuck. The danger of looking back here. There are six things that I want to share with you of the dangers of looking back. One, you can become stuck by looking back. Amen? Number two, you can become distracted by your past. You can become a prisoner of your past. You can miss out on the joy of living for today. Number five, it can stir up bad feelings and regrets. And last, but certainly not least, you can't be a devoted follower of Jesus when you're looking back. Amen. 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 You cannot be a devoted father. So when Lot's wife, when Mrs. Lot looked back, she became stuck, poured, covered with salt and sulfur that she was now lifeless and no more. Now, I hope this doesn't offend anyone. So I was looking up at uh, 9-11. I was looking at that and I'm um, looking at some of the videos that when the buildings collapsed and how all of the smoke and everything and all of the um, debris that was, it was like chasing people down, down the street. And then, then there was this picture of this woman who was covered with soot and all the stuff from, from the, the destruction. Okay, just real quick. You can take it down now. She was covered with it. So I said, ah, oh, that makes sense that when Mrs. Lott looked back, she became a part of what, was, what she was leaving and therefore now became stuck in her ways, stuck where she was. God help us 
God forbid that we look back and begin to long for the life that we used to have when God has delivered us from the danger from the torture that we lived in. Yes, maybe we enjoyed those things. Maybe we loved what our life used to be like, but when God saw danger, God rescued us. And God had no intention for us to longing for what we left behind. We left it behind because the behind cannot do us any good today. And so therefore, looking behind you, looking back on the past will leave you stuck. Some people say looking back motivates me. It keeps me going. Well, I'm more motivated by looking ahead. I'm more motivated on looking ahead. And Paul tells us in Philippians uh, chapter 13, he says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining, which means stretching and pulling, excessively demanding toward what is ahead. I press, I mean, I apply pressure on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So Paul is saying, I press forward. I press toward the mark. I'm not looking. I'm not looking at what in the back, what's behind me. I'm looking at what's ahead of me. I'm looking at what I look forward to, not what I left behind. The past cannot help you in the present and what God has in the future. Yes, again, you can reflect on it, but don't live in it. Don't dwell in it. Don't let it become your reality. God has brought you to greater, better places. But Lot's wife, Mrs. Lot, she just had to take one more glance and she was left feeling salty, stuck, lifeless, no more. But this one passage teaches us a lot, a lot about life. (laughs) I didn't mean that one. It teaches us about life. Right, so she became stuck. Number two, you can become distracted by your past. God has given us new hope and he has given us new goals. So we need to embrace our new life. Isaiah 43, he says, forget the former things. There you go. What? What did he say? Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Do not live in the past. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. God is about new, isn't he? God is about new. I give you new life. God is about new. You are no longer the old things passed away. Behold, all things are new. He's about new. Hey, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Don't get distracted by your past. Show me anyone in here who Go out into your backyard, get your lawnmower, and start mowing your grass, and then get distracted by a little rabbit running around or something, okay? And you look back, tell me how many of you will still stay in a straight line? Is there anybody that good here? I guarantee you, you will go off your path. Your grass will look like 
you know, a maze. You have to keep your eyes on the prize. You have to keep your eyes on Jesus. We can't afford to look back. Hallelujah. We will get distracted. We'll get off the mark. We'll start looking at other things and we'll become stuck, distracted. Number three, don't become a prisoner of your past. Your past is, is a lesson and an experience in life, but it's not a life sentence. Okay? It's an experience. What, you, what you've experienced in the past is an experience, but it's not a life sentence, meaning it should not define the rest of your life. It should not define who you are. Well, my wife reminded me, she said, well, even good things that happened in the past. There are good things that happened in the past. She said, people have to learn not to live on that. Successes that you had in the past, listen, you have more life to live. You can't build your castle on that one success that you had. God's got more things for you. He said, I'm doing a new thing. Come on, you got some more prizes to win. You got some more things to find. You got some more victories. You got some more successes. Don't just live off of that. I'm going to give you more. Hallelujah. So don't get caught up. Amen. I love that, the babies. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I must be really preaching now. <laughs> Man, so that's a success to me. So at 1030, I got to say, that was good. I can't try to live, you know, find that again, right? Oh. God's got greater things, greater things. Don't become a prisoner of the past where you're not free to live. You're not free to think. You're not free to form new relationships. You're not free to go after dreams. You're not free to go after careers that you love and that you're passionate about. No, because somebody in the past told you this is what you're going to be. You're not going to be anything else. No, forget that. Rebuke that. Live life that God has given you. Don't look back at your mistakes. Let your mistakes become miracles. Look ahead. Press forward. Heavenward. Don't be a prisoner. Number four, you'll miss out on the joy of living for today. Jesus never looked back. You know why Jesus never looked back? Because he had the power of the present and the future in his hands. He didn't have to look back. He never looked back and he wants us to follow his same example. Look, um, Luke chapter 17, he tells us. Now this right here opened my eyes. Because I was thinking, was Mrs. Lot really that important? I mean, who believes that anybody would turn into salt? You know, it's kind of like the fishy story. You know, who really believes that a fish would swallow a man? So this is kind of one of those stories. And then I looked at Luke 17 and said, look what Jesus said. He said, remember Lot's wife. Now, for you to make it into Jesus, and this is, this is, this is red. That means Jesus is saying this. Okay, this is not someone interpreting, putting it in. This is Jesus. Remember Lot's wife. Now, for him to say anything about Lot's wife lets me know it's important that I pay attention. What he said, remember Lot's wife. Whoever tries to keep their life will, and looking back, she was trying to what? 
Keep her alive. She was now, of course, she wasn't running back into running back into the, the fire or anything. I mean, she turned to a pillar before she could, but she was remembering she was, you know, she was trying to dwell and she was upset and disappointed by what she was losing or leaving behind. So whoever tries to keep their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life will preserve it. Mm, salt preserved. She missed out on new life. Now, what does that mean? If we, we can't look back, try to find or save our life, we have to lose it. What does losing our life mean? That means being committed, totally trusting in Jesus. That means totally depending on Jesus. That means forgetting the things that you left behind, knowing that God's got greater and better things for you. That means putting your agenda down and saying, not my will, God, your will be done. Lord, I lose my life in you so that you can give me real life, true life, abundant life, life full of joy, life full of peace, life full of happiness. So I lose myself so I can find life in Jesus Christ. Oh, glory to God. You've got to lose your agenda. Put it down, tear it up. It makes no sense. And get on God's plan. The plan that never fails. A plan that will take you to greater places. Yes, there's trials and tribulations. There are tests. That's all right. Let your test be your testimony. Yeah, there are messes. That's all right. Let your mess be your message. It's okay. Trust in Christ. Trust in the living God. Don't miss out on the joy of living for today, living for Christ. If you're a backwards person, if you're the kind of person that loves looking back, you're going to miss out on life today. Okay? Broken relationships, they were broken. Now God is moving you on. Move on. In Christ, you can get through it. There are things that we may never get over, but we can get through them. Praise God. We can get through. You can get through it. You might not get over it, but you can get through it. You too. You can get through it. God's got you. God's holding you. God loves you. God is rescuing you from, the, from destruction. He's rescuing you from a, a bad situation, bringing you to a good situation. Trust him. Don't look back. Number five, you can stir up bad feelings and regrets when you look back. When you look back at the rubble, the mess, the relationships, the coffees and the teas with your high society people, the crumpets, eggnog, <laughs> Avon parties. You know, I love those things. I love gathering people in my big dining room, and I had it all. And then God talking about get out of here because it's going to be destroyed. Why? I love my friends. I love my people. I love the schools that my kids go to. I love my church. I love my neighborhood. 
God, why would you want to take me out of here? Why would you want me to leave now? I've made it. I've arrived. I'm on the high. I'm on the top five high society list. People know my name when I go into the salon. People know who I am. And God, you want me to go? Of course, I'm going to look back. One last wave. God said, no. When I tell you to move forward, you move forward. You keep your eyes set on me. <laughs> you, I told you to let go of it because it will bear you down. It will bear you down. Lord, if I think about it, I can learn from it. If I reflect on it, I can learn from it. But if I dwell on it again, it may stir up some bad feelings and some regrets. And Lord, I don't want to have bad feelings and regrets when I'm trying to live and serve you. I don't want to say, Lord, I love you, but you shouldn't have done this. Lord, I'll follow you, but you shouldn't have done this. No, Lord, I lose myself in you. I can't, Lord, I can't find myself because I'm so lost in you. <laughs> when you're lost in God, you're found in him. When you're lost in yourself, you're found in Christ. It's kind of like the when I'm weak, his strength is made perfect. Last, when you look back, you can't be a devoted follower of Jesus. Luke 9, verse 61, 62. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me go back. Okay, this is when y'all are supposed to yell the word. <laughs> I'm, I'm going really, to teach y'all how to follow me, okay? <laughs> I know I'm a little different. Okay, let's, do, let's try that again. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go. Yeah. There you go. And say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one puts a hand to the plow and looks. Yeah. It's fit for the service in the kingdom of God. Mm. He makes it plain and clear that there is no looking back. Man said, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus said, no man who puts their hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Meaning that when I deliver you, I want you, I want your full undivided attention, your full service. I don't want a part-time follower of Jesus Christ. I want a full, I don't want a, a reserve where you serve me a couple weekends a month. I want full-time service following Jesus. You can't follow the leader if you're looking back. You can't walk a straight line if you're looking back. You're not fit, meaning he's saying you won't make the cut. Because when I need you, you won't be there. Because you're off saying goodbye to somebody. You're off burying the dead. When you make a commitment to follow Jesus. Now, God didn't call us to be mistake free. He knows 
We make mistakes. That's why we have grace, right? He knows that we make mistakes. He knows we'll fall down. That's why we have mercy. So we understand that we are called into this life to live for him in a full service that when we do make mistakes, he's there to help us. He's there to strengthen us. He's there to deliver us. He's here to brush us off and give us a new start. But I can't see Jesus if I'm always looking the other direction. I can't see forward if I'm looking backward. So I encourage you, don't be like Mrs. Lot. Look not back, but look forward. Look ahead. If, this is just uh, hypothetical, if I was in a relationship with my wife and I had someone else who I, you know, used to, you know, used to, to be with, I'm going to tell my wife, oh, I love you so much and I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to care for you and provide for you. But every time she needs me, I'm looking back at the ex. Looking back, say, this is what we used to have, reflecting or dwelling on that. Then I could never go forward in my relationship with my wife. You can never go forward in your relationship with Jesus if you're dwelling back in the past. Do you want to have a relationship with Jesus? Do you want to have a blessed relationship with Jesus? A prosperous relationship with Jesus? Then you got to keep looking to Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of what? Our faith. That means he's the author, he's authorized, he starts it, and he completes it of our faith. So, a couple things as I close. For you to remember, Lot's wife became a pillar of salt because she looked back, right? She became covered with the smut and everything, and, you know, she just, you know, she became a part of her past. She was lifeless, stuck, and covered by the destruction of her past. Now, we, are, we do have things that we do reflect on, and there are seven um, you know, common things that we do uh, reflect back on in our lives, okay? But we just got to make sure we don't try to dwell in those things. Number one is not having the courage to be true to ourselves, okay? Now, as I read these, if these make sense to you, just say amen after each one, all right? Okay? Now, this is, no, this is not, a, it's not an ego thing. It's just, you know, I want to make sure I'm, I'm getting the message across, okay? So not having the courage to be true to ourselves, Remaining in an unfulfilling job or career instead of taking a risk to pursue something we were more passionate about. Amen. Not spending more time with family. Not expressing our true feelings. <laughs> I've heard some of you say you left church and said, oh, I really wanted to say amen. I really wanted to say Not keeping in touch with old friends. Amen. Facebook will take care of that. Uh, working too much and not having any fun. Mm. And number seven, not traveling enough and taking more vacations. Amen. The lack of money will control that, right? 
So you may have those things just to reflect on, but don't live in that. Don't, don't beat yourself up. Don't say, oh, my life is, was a waste. No, you know, you may reflect on and learn from those things, but don't dwell on them because God, if you're still living and God is still here, he can still bless you. He can still bless you. You can still have a fulfilling life. You can still spend time with your family. You can still take those vacations. They may, they be mini vacations or whatever. You can still enjoy. You can still go after that passion or career or job that you have. You don't have to bury those things. Live. Live. So Lot's wife, as we know, she, she was unnamed, right? Mrs. Lot, we call her. But in some true, true um, Jewish traditions, um, they gave her an alias um, name, and it was Adu. Okay, Adu. Why make such an Adu? Okay, which means a fuss, agitation. You know, showing agitation. The definition: a state of agitation or fuss, especially about something unimportant. Wow, doesn't that fit Lot's wife? She was agitated about what she left behind, about something unimportant, meaning whatever she left behind wasn't important anymore because God had greater things. So let's not be a dues. Okay? Let's not be a dues. Let's trust God. Let's live for God. All right? Let's not live salty. Let's live in pure joy in Christ and God. Go forth. So, Things I wish that you would have discussions with with other people. I don't have them on a slide, but, you know, just catch one if it makes sense to you. Think about what the perceptions of God are in this passage. What are your perceptions of God in this passage? Think about God's relationship with Abraham, Lot, and Mrs. Lot. What gives your life value? What gives your life value? Number three, what things should you be leaving behind and what things should you be moving toward? I often have people like when people leave jobs and stuff, the first thing people want to ask them is, oh, what are you running from? And this is what I learned is said, answer the question like this. It's not always what you're running from, it's what you're running to. Not what I'm running from, it's what I'm running to. So they were running from destruction, but they were running to a better safer place. Answering God's call to greater service can mean giving up everything and these demands can be difficult. But what happens to us when we look back? And last, what troubles you most about Mrs. Lot? What speaks to you and what troubles you most about her life and her death? So, Look forward. Don't look back. God has great things for all of us. So let's trust him. And let's take life by the horns and let's live it fully. Amen? Amen. Amen. God bless you. So maybe there are some here today that all morning you've been looking back. And you said, I really want to give my life to Jesus Christ. I really want to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Maybe you put your hand to the plow and you're tempted to look back. I want to pray for you this morning that if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, that you will receive him today. Jesus Christ has given out life today. He's given out peace. Salvation is free. 
but it ain't cheap. He gave his life so that we could be saved. Romans 10 tells us that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So in your heart, you can pray quietly or you can pray out loud. Repeat these words if you want to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I confess I'm a sinner. Forgive me for all my sins. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Died for my sins. He rose for my life. Today, by grace, through faith, I am saved and a follower of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.